This episode of The Minimalists is brought to you by nobody because Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, Madison. (laughs) (sighs) I'm not always in a wheelchair, Um, but we were driving from Chicago, up here, and right around the Illinois border, just passing the Illinois border, we stopped to get gas and and Josh got into a knife fight <laughs> with an eleven year old <laughs> he was so mean no I opened my car door, a bottle fell out, it fell on the ground. I have no idea how this happened, but it just shattered, and it bounced up, and Ryan looks over, and he goes, are you okay? And I said, I don't know. And I looked over, and I haven't seen this much blood in real life, ever. This was about four hours ago. And so I go running, it's one of those loves, the gas stations, right? Super clean, sanitary bathrooms. And I go running in there, and there's like, it's just, there's blood all over my boot. I used to have another boot that looked like this one, and now it's red. And there's blood all over my sock. Somehow it cut through my pants, cut through my sock, and then through my leg. And um, yeah, I going to the bathroom, and thank God my, my partner, Rebecca, is, uh, she was there, and you know, she has all kinds of first aid training, and um, she just started like doing some ninjutsu, and there was just blood everywhere. Ryan walks into the bathroom, and the first thing I hear is, oh my God! <laughs> Am I right? There, I mean... <laughs> When I say there was blood everywhere, like there was blood everywhere, like, <laughs> all over the bathroom. But thank God there were two nurses who just happened to be there, and they saw Josh bleeding, and they were like, oh, we can help. Yeah, it was a husband and wife couple, and they came in, and they were helping Bex stitch up my leg while, while Ryan was running around urinals panicking. <laughs> well, Josh was so calm, like someone had to panic. <laughs> But, you know, we're not going to let that, just a little blood, stop us from being here tonight. Hey, y'all, let's record a podcast. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are The Minimalists. Welcome to a live version of our podcast in Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, Madison. 
<sighs> thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, usually we take phone calls, but um, if you got out your phone right now and called us up, it'd be a little strange. So, thank you. So we have a microphone around here somewhere, I'm pretty sure. And if you want to walk up to the front, Sean, where is the microphone? Is it over here? What, at the stage left at house right, if I'm correct. <laughs> so if you want to uh, walk up here and start with questions, we will start with some long-winded answers. You can ask a regular question and we'll maunder on until we come to some sort of detente with your question. And, and then uh, we'll move on to a lightning round. Now, usually Ryan and I have a long time to think and just ruminate over what we're going to respond because our lightning round, we try to respond with less than 140 characters to people. But since we have seven seconds instead of seven days, we've turned it into a rap battle. <laughs> Without rapping. I think you'll see what I mean in, in a few moments. Um, but before we, before we dive in, are we up here with a microphone somewhere, Sean? Okay, cool, cool. It's right up here on, uh, on my left, your right, unless you're facing the same way I am. <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh, are you ready? Yeah. yeah. I'm, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Welcome. Hey. Thank you. What's your name? Where are you from? And then what's your question? Hopefully in that order. Um, I'm Liz. Hey, Liz. <laughs> and I live in Madison, Wisconsin, where awesome. you guys are right now. Um, and I do have a question. Um, me and my roommate, we're going to be moving in June, and we're really excited, and we, I have been listening to your podcast. She has not. Um, and I'm just wondering if you have any um, suggestions on our move. Um, we do have a minimalist packing um, party that we um, are going to be doing with us and our cats. Our cats will not be participating, but uh, we plan on... Um, we're moving into a place that's a lot smaller than our place right now, but we want to hear about tips, and I want you to give her some tips. So um, <laughs> that'd be great. Thank you. Well, a few questions for you. Don't, don't, don't leave the microphone yet. You're not off the hook. Um, so where are, you, are you moving in town? Yeah, we're moving to Madison. We're moving from a Madison apartment to another Madison apartment, but gotcha. it's smaller than... It's okay. about 500 square feet smaller than our current place. And you have two roommates now, so it's you and no, one of the... I'm it's, sorry, it's you and one of the roommates, so it's two people together. Two and, people, three cats. Okay. I love that sitcom. <laughs> it's the one with Charlie Sheen, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, so, so you're moving to a smaller place, and, and in that smaller place, you are hoping to have fewer things than you currently have. Is that correct? Of course, and we already did the minimalist um, challenge where we got rid of one item each day, like two, one item. She's talking about the 30-day minimalism game. Yes. You, par you partner up with, yeah, there's someone who played it. Yes. And won, it sounds like. Um, everybody wins the 30-day minimalism game. Everyone wins. Unless you lose. The way it works is you partner up with someone at the beginning of the month, you each get rid of one item on the first day. It's friendly competition. We all know decluttering is boring as hell. 
And, and so we found a way to make it a little more, more fun with some friendly competition. First day of the month, you each get rid of one item. Second day of the month, two items. So it starts off really easy to give you that momentum you need. But by the middle of the month, it gets much more difficult, right? By day 15, it's like, what 15 items am I going to get rid of today? Day 20, what 20 items am I going to get rid of today? Because tomorrow I have to get rid of 21 items. And, and so the minimalism game is a way to give you that momentum. Whoever goes the longest between the two of you wins. And if you both make it to the end of the month, you've both won because you've made it. 496 items total at a 30-day minimalist game. That is correct. Now, our minimalist family did this a few months ago, and we modified the rules because don't, we don't own more than 496 items, I don't think. But Ella does, and she's three. And so we just got rid of her stuff, and it was so easy. No, I, um, um, you can modify the rules however you want. So let me ask you this. Why, why do you want, why do you want to get, why do you want to get a, have fewer things in this new space? You um, personally, not, not, not your roommate, but um, why do you personally? I personally like to have less things. I, why? Um, I guess it just makes things more tidy. Yes. In a Aesthetically way. pleasing. Yes, and every place has a, a, a place in your apartment. So like, if it's a coffee maker, you know where it goes. If it's a, a I think everyone here knows where their coffee maker goes. <laughs> Um, I hope. It's just every place, everything has a place in your in your apartment, so you're not shoving things. Like we have a cupboard full of Tupperware. Yeah. That is like you open it, things fall out of. Did that, you get it at a Tupperware party? <laughs> that'd be great to have. <laughs> um, not, um, but of course, we need Tupperware to pack our lunches to sure. like make our um, our week go by. Our our week. To go by nicer because we prep our foods, we take a lunch to work, things sure. like that. So things that we need, but at the same time we want to uh, not have a lot of stuff. Um, what about your roommate? Does she does she want? I'm saying she. I'm assuming it's a she. Yes, it yes. is a she. Okay. Okay. Yes, I, I like kitchen things because I like to cook. So she has less, few, fewer kitchen items. And, yes. And, and, and why does your roommate, from your words, want to have fewer things? Um, well, the way that we, uh, we think differently is a thing like she sees things as a collection. Like if she bought things together, it would, it's like... Yeah. yeah. So, so, it's an OCD thing. It's an OCD thing. So, so she wants collections of things? But so, she, like, say that you have... I, well, hold on. I get it. So, like, if yeah. you have you have a collection of things, you can count it as one thing, and that's fewer things, right? <laughs> no. Okay. We have enough. So, so you have... Amount of all right, well, well let's... Mugs. We'll stick it to the microphone because people at home can't hear, hear you shouting, <laughs> although I appreciate it. Um, uh, so so um, just a, a tangent on collections. You know, collecting is well-planned hoarding, right? <laughs> I mean, we, we all realize this. Um, it's just, I guess, some hoards are more appropriate than others, right? Yeah. Across the street from me, yeah, there's a hoarder's house. 
and like there is like there aren't they don't have curtains just because they have boxes of stuff stacked all the way up and you can't see into the house and I suppose that's that's the unhealthy kind of collecting there's some other collections that are much healthier than that anyway um, I hope that answers your question <laughs> no I uh, so, so let me let me let me answer your question we, now now you're at the perfect time to, to assess your stuff. This is the time where you're literally forced to deal with every single thing that you own. That's why Ryan did his packing party, because he, he knew, like, I'm not moving right now, but the times when I have moved, I've had to deal with things. And oh, by the way, when I went over to help him with the packing party, he still had boxes in his garage from the last time he had moved that still hadn't been open. And most of you have experienced that as well. They might be in your garage, they're in a closet or attic or somewhere else. But there are so many things that we move from place to place to place. What's the old George Carlin uh, uh, joke he said? Our, our houses are just like graveyards for our stuff. And it kind of feels that way. Um, and, and so now is the time where you are forced to, to come to terms with the things you have in your life. And you're going, to, you're going to want to start asking that question. Does this add value to my life? And you have to be honest with yourself. And if the answer is no, or I don't think so, then let it go. It's okay. And it implements some rules in your life going forward because getting rid of the clutter is the first step. But then we want to be careful not to bring clutter back in. So ask that same question when we're bringing new things into our lives. It's equally as important because otherwise, a year from now, you'll be asking the same questions. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear that you guys are doing the... You guys are doing the packing party? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, I mean, it might be different from yours because we're going to we're gonna pack things and then we're going to unpack them. We're not going to wait two weeks because oh, we yeah, can't yeah. do that. That's cool. Um, we're wait, wait, hold on. Why, why can't you? Uh, we... Um, I have a cat that pees on things when uh, no, but things that, are that's, up. No, 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 no. That's, <laughs> so that's part... I can't wait around <laughs> two so weeks to unpack things. No, 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 but he did... He, he unpacked only the things he used really over three out. weeks. So on that first day, you literally unpack everything you need. You need a litter box, you unpack it. You need a toothbrush, you unpack it, right? Yeah. You did. You did. We don't have like litter boxes. for the cat, right? Yes. No. no I. It's well. It's funny because I had like um, a mound of toys for my cat, and I remember like I just like got one of the whatever toy I had some kind of squishy ball thing that he, he was awesome cat. It like played fetch. It was great. Um, and it was like the ball that we always played fetch with. And I was like, Oh, all right. Like I'll sit there and play fetch with you. And you know what? Like he, he was, he didn't feel deprived of all the other toys. Like, he still had a blast. I mean, you can, you can take whatever approach you want, you know, um, Josh and I are here to just, uh, you know, share our recipe and if there are ingredients that work for you to make your own recipe, great. Um, but I don't think anyone could totally mimic my packing party or, you know, Josh's paring down over months. Um, so you guys are in the packing party. That's awesome. Uh, I guess if you're going to take the approach where you're going to pack, unpack stuff right away, um, <laughs> I got to tell you, this is not much of a, a packing party. No offense. <laughs> Uh, but but uh, however, you, whatever your approach is, um, I would just echo what Josh said about the rules. Set some guidelines for yourself. 
before you start unpacking everything into your new home. Because I'll tell you, like when Josh came over and it was time to start sorting stuff into donate, sell, recycle, uh, I was like going through every item and I had that just in case syndrome where I had like, you know, 40 coffee cups. And I'm like, you know, well, if 39 of them break, (laughs) I've got another one. And I remember like, you know, I'm like going through this stuff in my head and like trying to talk myself into hanging on to all these little things. And Josh, uh, he had a 50 gallon trash bag and he was just like sweeping stuff into it. Like (laughs) it is so much easier to get rid of other people's stuff. (laughs) So you can have some fun knowing that if you're helping each other out. So as Josh is sweeping stuff in the bag, I'm like, dude, what are you doing, man? Like, I got to go through that stuff. Like, I just don't want to, like, you know, sweep stuff into the bag. And he's like, what, he's like, what about this, this mug right here? It says world's number one granddad on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, when are you ever going to use that? And, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I mean, I haven't really used it. I don't even know where the heck I got it. Uh... But, you know, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to use it. But, I, again, I drink coffee. And in case 39 cups of my 40 cups break, then, you know, I've got, that'll be my, like, my, you know, my backup to my backup to my backup to my backup. Anyway. So, uh, Josh was like, when's the last time you used that? And I'm like, yeah, I've never used that cup. And it, it kind of made me um, instill this. This is, like, the first rule I ever took on. It was if I hadn't used it in the last year and I didn't plan on using it within the next year, like I felt pretty good about getting rid of that just in case item. Mm -hmm. So I took that approach with uh, all all of that stuff that I had packed up. I think now it's more like 90 days on either side. There are some exceptions to the rule, like my snowboard. I'm not going to snowboard in May or you know, uh, you might, it's uh, snowing in Montana right now. Used to be able to snowboard in November in Montana, but not anymore. But anyway, um, I mean, there are exceptions to that rule, but having rules like that, that's really what's going to help you, uh, determine what is the most important things that you need in your new apartment. And the, the, the just in case rule like that has been a lifesaver for Josh and I, where you can replace anything that you're holding on to just in case, if you haven't used it in the last year and you're not going to use it within the next year, you could probably get rid of it. And if it ever comes up again, we're like, oh, shoot, like I should have held on to that HDMI cable that I was, that was sitting in my junk drawer. Like you can, I guarantee you, within less than 20 minutes and for less than $20, you can go replace an HDMI cable. And uh, that rule, it sounds at first like, oh, well, I just don't want to... I don't want to have to like go and spend $20 every single day when I need something. Uh, if that's how it worked, we wouldn't suggest that. That's silly. <laughs> um, Josh and I, we have been implementing that rule for the last four years, five years now? Five years, yeah. And we've used it, I can count on one hand, combined, how, t- how many times we've used that. And like, I'll give you one example. It was really silly. Like, I used to always have a toothbrush in my travel bag. It was like an extra toothbrush. But now he doesn't travel with a toothbrush. Right, now I don't brush my teeth. Minimalism. Minimalism. 
<laughs> and, and I had it there just in case. Like, well, what if something happens? Like, what if I lose that toothbrush I pack with me or, you know, it falls in the toilet and I have to, I, you know, I've got that backup toothbrush. And uh, I got rid of it a couple years later. Like, you know, it, it turned out that, like, I forgot to bring my toothbrush with me. And there was this moment of, like, oh, man, I usually have an extra toothbrush in my bag. But I don't even think I'd spend... Actually, it was a free toothbrush I got from the lobby, like, downstairs in the hotel. So it wasn't even 20 minutes, and it didn't cost me anything. But it's, it, it's, uh, it's a very freeing thing when you can come up with things like rules like that where you feel confident with and uh, you can let stuff go and, and know that, yeah, like you're not going to be able to prepare for every situation, but if you have some very uh, specific rules in your life, like you can prepare for most situations without hoarding a bunch of stuff. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's do at least one more long-winded answer, and then we'll see we are, where we are before we move on to the lightning round. All right. Howdy, guys, what's your name? Stephanie from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So nice. It's not just me, and I'm glad you're still coming to Wisconsin in or, uh, Milwaukee in December. There's no better time to go to Milwaukee than December. Right. <laughs> so you guys are minimalists, but you definitely bring maximum hustle. And so my question is, you have all of the work that comes with being the minimalists, right? But then in the past couple of years, you've launched Asymmetrical Press. You've launched Bandit Coffee among writing books and doing documentaries. And so my question is, first, what drives you to achieve all of these different things? And then I guess beyond that, how are you spinning up all of these different side hustles without also spinning up maximum mental clutter? Solid. That's a great question. You know, I'll say, like, when you call yourselves the minimalists, everything becomes ironic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not a very minimal amount of people here tonight. <laughs> um, no, you know, at the end of the day, Josh and I, I know it seems like we're really, really busy. And you know, if Josh and I would have started this whole thing with, if I went to him after that packing party and said, dude, we could start a blog, we can write three books, we could start a documentary, we could start a publishing company, I could start a mentoring business, you could start a writing class, uh, we could go on tour. I mean, if that's how we would have started, we would But first have gotten, we have to start a coffee shop. Right, but first we have to start a coffee shop. We would have gotten nowhere. And, and what Josh and I have done over the last six years is very deliberately have chosen the things that we want to focus on. So for all those things that you just mentioned, there are dozens of other things. I dare say like hundreds of other things we have said no to in order to say yes to the coffee shop, in order to say yes to Asymmetrical Press, in order to say yes to this tour that we're on uh, this year. You know, I, I would love to sit here and say that jo Josh and I, we have this secret formula we have the secret formula, formula uh, to do all these things just by ourselves. And if you buy all three of our books, <laughs> you'll have all the answers. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. Ryan, I imagine you standing in front of a chalkboard with like the quadratic formula behind you. <laughs> I don't think it works that way, though. Yeah, no. We don't have the formula. No, it doesn't. But what I'll say is that when it comes to asymmetrical press, I mean, we're not in that by ourselves. Uh, that is, a, that is a, a press that we started with Colin Wright. 
Um, he came to us in 2012, and he had like this really weird Venn diagram business plan drawn up that I really didn't understand. But as he talked me through it, I started to understand more and more. And uh, there are tools out there that we use that, yeah, we don't have to have like a warehouse full of books. Uh, we had friends who were already writing that we wanted to kind of coach through the, uh, the publishing process. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great um, adventure that we've been on. But at the end of the day, I mean, we've got five authors, six authors? It's, it's six. Yeah. I count, well, you can count Colin, Colin three or four times. Right. He's, he's 32 years old, has written 36 books. Yeah, but you know, we don't have like this big publishing warehouse. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a side hustle or a side project or a side passion that you can kind of uh, look at it that way. Um, when it comes to the coffee shop, we have um, some amazing partners who we met them because they, they took some photos of us and we were just having a conversation about you know, what they wanted to do and they were talking about um, how they were just in their current roles and they wanted to get out and they, do, they did photography on the side, that was their side hustle and they're like, eventually we're gonna open, a, open up a coffee shop. And all the cards just kind of fell in place to where Josh and I were able to uh, contribute and partner with those guys um, in St. Petersburg to, to open up that coffee shop. But I guess uh, to make this long answer short, Josh and I, we pick one thing a year to focus on. And, you know, this year it's, it's this tour. Uh, last year it was, um, you know, spreading our, our word, our, our message, our, our story with, uh, with the documentary. In 2014 it was a 100-city tour. Um, in 2015 uh, we donated so much of our time to uh, building schools and, and wells and, and, and other things. But because we can say no to so many other things, like we can say yes to these, to these side hustles, I guess. And at the end of the day, uh, I, have, like, I have a friend who, she, she's a writer, um, she's an artist, she's an actress. Um, she really loves to do all these things. And you know, I, I, she's like, Ryan, show me how to like, make money off my passion. And I'm like, ah, it doesn't really work that way. Like, the, the biggest piece of advice I could give to her was you, you pick one thing, like you put everything into it, and if you can add value and if people love your work, like you're going to figure out a way to make ends meet. She's like, I knew you were going to say that. I can't just pick one thing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's fine. But, you know, she has, has this, um, you know, uh, uh, starving artist lifestyle that is very, it works for her well. Um, but she, she knows that she's choosing to kind of do everything at once. If Josh and I try to do everything at once, like I said, it would not have worked. Like what we've done over the last six years is, is, is built up these layers, I guess. And I wish I could say that like Josh and I are just hustling like crazy and, and that's how him and I make it work. But we have so many people around us that help us make everything work. Yeah, I would just add to that real quick. Yeah, you asked what drives us. It's our values that drive us, and we're really clear on what our values are. And, and so on top of that, the other thing that drives us is we make sure that any of the decisions we make, that the financial side of things is never the primary driver. And I say primary very specifically. It's going to always be a part of the equation if you're doing some sort of business because you can't 
just constantly lose money on a business and, and call that a business plan. It's not. Um, that's an expensive hobby. And, but it's never the primary question. And eventually, it becomes part of the equation at some point. And in some things, we will lose money. That, that tour that Ryan talked about in 2014, we lost money on that tour. We lost a significant amount of money, and we learned a lot from that process. We, we did 100, well, actually, we did 100 cities, 119 events. They were all free. And we had to rent out some spaces by the end of it because the, the message was spreading so much. And so... Many of the spaces you see in the documentary were just places we had to rent out with, out of our own pocket, and, and that is an equation for failure if you do that into perpetuity. And so what we learned is then we, next time we do a tour, how do we at least break even, and in doing so, contribute along the way. So on this tour, Ryan and I don't really make any money. Uh, we'll be lucky to break even, and I think we will, but what I have learned is that we can surround ourselves, so this is the third thing, we surround ourselves with very capable people. So we have Sean Harding, who is called Podcast Sean on the podcast. He's back here somewhere. Ladies and gentlemen, Podcast Sean. And Sean is really the man behind the minimalism. He, he makes everything... Uh, that we do sound more polished, and he, he does a lot of our work. He's our tour manager while we're on the road, and just an all-around outstanding guy, and it would be nearly impossible to do this without you, Sean. So really appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. And uh, we also have Jessica Williams around here somewhere. She handles all of... Oh, she's way back there in the back, and uh, she'll be at the, the merch... Yeah, hey, Jess. She'll be at the, the merch booth afterward. I'm pretty sure my leg will heal if each of you buy at least two books. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. In fact, um, when we leave here tonight, uh, when you leave here tonight, um, if you, you're welcome to pick up a book. If you do, please minimize it afterward. Find a, someone else to donate it to, either a library, friend, family member, uh, enemy. Uh, any, anyone you want to, uh, to give a book to. And if you can't afford a book... Uh, if you just forgot your wallet, that's fine. You can come up afterward, and we'll, it's on us. Let us buy you a copy of the book, um, as long as you're willing to, to pass it on after the fact. And, and, and so Jess will be out there. She also helps us out with our social media. And, and so the reason all, all of our social media looks so curated and beautiful is she does an outstanding job with that. She also helps out with our, our minimalist.org. So we, we have 100 free local meetup groups, including in Madison. And, and so there are, are free local meetup groups where, because people would come up to us after, the, after our tour stops and they'll say, hey, how do I connect with open-minded people locally? And I would say, I don't know. <laughs> but good luck. <laughs> and then we'd leave town and we'd be gone. And, and so what we did is we left behind these free local meetup groups in 100 cities so you could, once we were gone, you there's a bunch of not like-minded people here, but open-minded people. You probably have different beliefs. The people in this room have different beliefs, but you have similar values. And so my values drive me. I think Ryan's values drive him. And even though we have different beliefs, that's okay. Can I tell you a secret? We voted for two different people in the last election. <gasps> Oh my God, how could you be best friends with someone who didn't vote for the same person as you? Or how about this? We have different religious beliefs. We have different personalities. He's an extrovert. I'm an introvert. 
he's really in the moment, like Zen in the moment. And I plan everything out six months in advance. <laughs> and that's okay because those beliefs, they, they get us to the same values. We just take different paths to get there. So that's what drives me. I surround myself with, with great people, make sure they're adequately compensated because I don't, I don't need much. As long as I can provide for my family, I feel great about that. So I don't put the money first, but it will be part of the equation. Thank That's, you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, let's do one more long-winded, and then we'll hop into the lightning round. What's your name? My name's Amy from Madison, and I have a feeling my question might be good for the lightning round. Perfect. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, it is... Ryan, Ryan, what time is it? It is time for our hashtag Ask the Minimalists lightning round. Cool. Well, we are on uh, Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook, right, Jess? Facebook. Yeah. Okay. At the Minimalists. Um, and usually we, you can like tweet your questions to us and we, we try to answer it during our lightning round in like this pithy, less than 140 character response. And Ryan and I will pour over this for days. I'm like, how can I make this even shorter and, 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 and more like effective? But now we're going to battle it out and you are the judge. And so we'll try to maunder on a bit until we get down to some concision that we can uh, make tweetable. And you all can share it as well. Uh, if you like, uh, you can share it on social media. Um, in fact, if you share any photos or anything from the night, if you use Hashtag less is now, because that's the name of the tour, less is now. We will repost some of our, our favorite images and tweets and all that other fun stuff. Amy, what's your question? It's about something that's very, very dear to my heart. Gail Ambrosius Chocolates is right across the street. Theoretically, how vast of a chocolate collection would a minimalist have? Man. It's, you're, we're going to call two audibles in a row with you, I think. I love chocolate. Our, um, I don't know where David is, but Live Nation is the promoter for the tour. This is our eighth tour in seven years, and it's our first proper tour, though. And so we actually have, like, a tour promoter, and uh, uh, David is here from Live Nation, and he bought me a bag of chocolates from the place across the street. Oh, yay. And I have not eaten them yet because I'm going to eat a chocolate right now. And uh, how about Sky Steel, who opened up for us tonight? How awesome was that? <laughs> so Sky is a musician, obviously. And you know how musicians used to put out, like, cassette singles back in the day? Well, it's a college town. They may not remember the cassettes. <laughs> Yeah, cassettes. Yeah, cassettes. So they put out a single, and like you would have this whole, like it's a, almost a sensory experience, not just the, I mean, a multi-sensory experience. It's, it wasn't just, I'm going to listen to this music, which is beautiful, but I'm going to unwrap this cassette, and then I'm going to open it up. I'm going to read the liner notes and the dedications and the acknowledgments and who wrote the song. And that was awesome, but we don't have that anymore because we have Spotify or whatever. And I'm grateful for that. Now I no longer have to own 2,000 CDs that are alphabetized on my wall. I'm the one with OCD out of the, the pair. Um, anyway, I don't have to own those CDs anymore because they're right there at my fingertips. But I still like having these sensory experiences with, um, with my music. And so Sky said, instead of just selling a single with 
uh, and on a cassette or a disc or whatever, how about I create an experience for my music? So he found the perfect chocolate to pair his single with. It's from a company called Vosges Chocolate. They're, they're out of Chicago. And they made a chocolate specifically for his single. And so maybe if we could ask Sky to come out here and play that single, and maybe Ryan and I will eat some chocolate in front of you. Oh, man. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Sky, Sky Steel. Steel. <laughs> can, you, can I get a short hug? Thanks, brother. Uh, you know, I just, I just realized that there is, like, blood all over my pants. <laughs> wow. Thank you very much. Okay. Right, yeah, I, I got it, I got it. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to brag for a second on Sky. This is um, Vanessa Carlton's violinist. Does that, has anyone heard of Vanessa Carlton? Yeah. Um, we are so lucky to have him with us. Um, Wait, don't eat both of them. <laughs> Again. Again. Thank you. Yeah, can, can you tell us about this? Yeah, so... Um, Do you need this thing? Okay, go for it. Go for it. So my friend Katrina, her whole thing with chocolate is telling stories. So I said her the song, and I said, can you tell this story in chocolate? And, um, you know, chocolate uh, traditionally is used, was used ceremonially by a lot of indigenous cultures as sort of a, a heart-opening uh, substance. So the song is a love song for the earth, and she put some flavors in there that she thought would sort of bring you, take you on that experience and heighten the experience of uh, connecting to the earth, connecting to the natural world. Um, so we're going to let you guys What's go. What's in the chocolate? The chocolate, it's got... <laughs> and, and did we bring enough for everyone? It's, it, I, I brought enough for everyone. And um, everything in the chocolate is legal in some... some Places. No, it's all legal <laughs> everywhere. Wait, wait. It's, you know what I found out last legal night? Everywhere. Did you already eat it? Did you eat it? No, it's right here, man. Oh. You know what Thank I you. found out last night? What? Sky has not tried one of the chocolates yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's always playing the damn right, song. I know. I'm like, I so last I night I offered, I was like, why don't you give me your violin? I'll play the song. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Ready. Ryan, cheers. All right. Now take your time. It's got, you've got to make the chocolate last. Yes. That's part of the thing. All right. Okay, let's let them be a little... We don't want them to have to eat in front of all these people, so we'll put, the, put them in the dark a little bit. Right. In the side of the mountain I see your face Swimming in the river I feel your embrace Fuck, that's and good. At the waterfall, the song you sing comes to me, comes to me like a dream. And at the waterfall, the song you sing comes to me, comes to me. Can I finish your chocolate, like Josh?
Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So Scott. That's so good. Well, let's do one more chocolate and one more song. <laughs> um, <laughs> like a box that pairs with the album or something. Okay. So, so um, Sky has, will have these afterward, after the fact, out there. He's selling his new single, and you can eat it. <laughs> so uh, I, that's my short answer to your question. I had something to do with chocolate. I think, I think two is apparently the appropriate amount. Yes, it's a shared experience. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the rest of the lightning round. Wait, we had to answer her question about chocolate. What? About Th- that didn't answer her question. <laughs> well, no, it was how much chocolate is how a many... minimalist have? Two pieces. Okay, gotcha. H- how many songs do I have to play? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, all right. Well, I guess that was that was the answer. No, I, I was thinking of a tweetable answer. Um, I'm just gonna warm up for the lightning round. I was just gonna tweet a link to that song. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how much chocolate you eat. What? Doesn't matter how much chocolate you eat. Uh, if you have a void, <laughs> chocolate's probably the last thing that's going to fill that void. Ooh, that's <laughs> solid. Ryan Nicodemus for the win on that one. <laughs> Thank you how, very much. how about this? Um, I, I, I'll try to steal on this. Uh, food is not entertainment, but that sure was. <laughs> That's good. Thanks for your question. Thank you very much. Hi, guys. How's it going? Howdy. What's your name? I'm Kate. I'm from Madison. Sweet. So my question is, um, I'll make it very quick. What if you have a partner who has no interest in becoming a minimalist, but you do? But you do... I mean, I do. You have so interest. I want to. We live together, and he has no interest in it. Why? Stubbornness, probably. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. So, so how might his life be better with less? I can think about how much my life would be better with less of his stuff. But... You know what, isn't it, isn't it funny, and, and I, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, it, isn't it funny, though, how we, we, we get into a, a spot where um, everything happens to us. It's hard, it's hard to, like, I mean, if I'm watching TV, it's, like, my screen or my phone or it's, you know, my things... And, and it's hard for us to step into the, the, the other person's shoes. So when I say, how might his life be better? You know how your life would be better with less, right? I mean, right. and the, the reason I ask, how would his life be better with less? Um, then we start to think like, well, I know how mine would be. And, and so, I mean, my, my, my actual short answer to your question is, how might his life be better with less? And if you can answer that, and you can answer it adequately, anyone can be inspired to let go of what's superfluous. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wish like there was this magic answer 
to say like, oh, this is how you have your partner become a minimalist. Like this is the, this is the way to do it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like that's just, it's not how it works. It's, it's a long process. In fact, if Josh would have come to me and said, hey man, I found this thing called minimalism and you'd like it because you got a lot of shit. <laughs> I probably would have just looked at him and been like, well, first I would have felt judged <laughs> and then I would have pro- projected that judgment <laughs> and I would have been like, oh yeah, whatever, screw you. Like, I don't need, I don't need that. Um, but seeing the benefits is what really uh, made me go to him and ask him that question. Um, what I'll say, you know, Mariah, uh, she's not a minimalist. Um, I mean, she has pared down her thing significantly since we met, but like, I never asked her to do any of that. Uh, what I'll say is that Mariah and I, we have very similar values, very similar beliefs, and we go out of our way to support each other. So I think my short answer would be, uh, In order to have meaningful relationships, you must support those people. But it's impossible to support someone if they don't support you back. I think I pulled that one out. We tied it up, Nicodemus. All right, we tied up. That means it's time to go into a tiebreaker question. What, uh, who, who do we have up here? Hey, uh, my name's Richard. Uh, I'm from Madison. Hey, Richard. First off, a uh, shout out to my girlfriend. We had a big date night planned tonight, but I forgot I ordered tickets months ago, so we had to cancel. I love you, honey bunny, wherever you are. <laughs> so, let's start off with that. Um, <laughs> I'm sure she appreciates that. <laughs> so, uh, about a year ago, Uh, I worked at a gas station, living check to check. I was drinking every day. I was out of shape. I was living with my friend's mom. I didn't have a car. And then over the past year, I got a really good job with, you know, healthcare. Moved up to Madison, cleaned myself up. I got a car. And I kind of developed this weird neurotic drive for setting goals and achieving them because you get that euphoria from it. I don't necessarily have, like, a materialistic kind of, like, uh, hoarding, but I, I often, like, hoard goals where it's, like, You know, I've achieved so much so quick and I want to keep doing it, but like I never find myself happy because like, you know, I'll achieve this, this and that, but I'll always have, you know, those other goals. So I guess my question is, how do you like um, uh, minimalize the the mental clutter or like the mental like goals or dreams that that you have to to deal with that? Yeah, I think it's an important question. So... I'll tell you, a few years ago, back 2011, 2012, I got rid of all my goals. I let go of goals. Now, in the corporate world, I used to be the goal guy. I had spreadsheets of goals. I had career goals. I had financial goals. I had personal goals. I had vacation goals. I had consumer purchasing goals. Goals, goals, goals. And I was pretty good at achieving a lot of them. I was the youngest director in my company's 140-year history. At age 27, I was responsible for 150 retail stores. And I got there, and I was like, wait, I am not winning. I achieved the goal but I was always looking over the shoulder of the present moment, figuring out what the next 
goal was going to be. And it stressed me the hell out. And so I decided to get rid of my goals for, I ended up getting rid of my goals for 100 days. But when I first set out to do it, I didn't like say, I'm going to get rid of my goals for 100 days because I didn't want to make it a goal. <laughs> so I'm just going to try this for a while because these goals are stressing me out. They're not doing, I'm supposed, I'm supposed, if I achieve these goals, I'm supposed to be happy. But I was like, wait a minute. Why would I be happy? One of the goals, like, if I'm make, have a million dollars in the bank, right? Have a million dollars. I was really far away from that goal because I had debt. I made really good money but spent even better money. And so that goal wasn't going well. But then I thought to myself, well, why do I want a million dollars? Well, because then I'll be happy. Well, why? Well, because then I could tell myself I could be happy. Well, can I just tell myself now? And then if I were to achieve that, great, there's nothing wrong with money. Ryan and I sure aren't, aren't allergic to money, but it's not going to define my happiness. It's going to allow me to make either better decisions with my life because I'm already making good decisions, or if I'm making bad decisions, it's going to enable me to make much worse decisions. That's why most lottery winners end up broke and in a much worse position than when they started. And so I decided to let go of my goals. And instead, I said, how about if I just start traveling in the direction I want to travel? Not having a specific goal, but knowing where generally I'm going to go. That's going to give me the flexibility I need. So my short answer to you is let go of your goals and instead travel in the right direction. Bottom of the ninth, Nicodemus. Oh, I'm sure you're going to win, Josh. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, it's funny. It made me go back to my friend who had the three things that, they, that she really wanted to focus on. She wanted to be like an amazing poet uh, slash writer and uh, an amazing artist and actress. And, you know, when I look at that, I, you know, I tried to... Like, as she was pushing back, like, I knew you'd say, just pick one thing. I tried to push back, and I'm like, well, you don't have to just, like, abandon everything else. But, you know, you do have to focus at least on one thing. And I think about the goals I had when I first started this whole journey. And I started one at a time. I started with uh, getting rid of my car payment. I and then I moved to uh, getting rid of uh, my, my mortgage, uh, selling my house. And I would kind of move through these things one at a time. Now, if I would have put 10 things on my plate at once, like literally Josh, <laughs> like 2010, 2009, he came up with this amazing spreadsheet, this goals spreadsheet, where it was literally like 10 places for 10 goals. You pick your top 10 goals. Because everyone has more than 10, so you have to pick your top 10. Right. <laughs> right? And then, you know, there's like uh, different, different columns for things and concatenated formulas and different pages on this thing. And at first, Wait, I was like... you hear one person giggle because they're like the Excel person in the room? Right. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, you know, this is, this is awesome. Like, I can totally keep track of my progress and, and the next steps. And, you know, what I... What I uh, uh, really need to do to get these these goals reached. 
And let me tell you what happened with a spreadsheet of 10 goals. Nothing happened. It was, it was so watered down. It was so, it was so overwhelming that, yeah, maybe I was like 20% to one, 40% to another, and 30%. Well, let me tell you what 20 and 30 and 40% means when working towards a goal. It's really not that much. And that's all I had is I had a lot of goals uh, that were not, not, very, uh, not very close to, to being reached. So what I would say, I guess my short answer would be, don't water down your goals with more goals, but regardless of how many goals you have, it doesn't mean anything without taking massive action. Beautiful. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, so I'm going... I am going to apologize to anyone else who wants to ask a question at this Wait, point. I see a cluster of people. I got to veto this. Okay. Where's this young man that was sitting here that had a question? Come here, man. There we go. Oh, he doesn't have to come up if he doesn't want to. <laughs> no worries. All right, he's tired. All right, Josh, close this out. That's a great question. Eight years old. But this is, why, this is why we do this. Like, the fact that an eight-year-old can show up to the event and get something out of it, like, that's, that means the world to me. If it was just him that got something out of it, like, that'd be totally worth it. So for the people listening at home, the question was, uh, how does minimalism apply to kids? And we have, we have an eight-year-old here who is asking this question. Ryan, you're a kid. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I wish I was that smart when I was eight to, like, think about minimalism doing something for my life. It wasn't until I was 28 until I realized that that might be a good, a good way to go. I guess um, the tweetable answer would be Josh. <laughs> no matter your age, no matter your race, no matter your level of income, no matter your perceived status, everyone can benefit from living a more meaningful life. That's good. Yeah. Man, maybe I'll just like concede on this one. Yeah, that was good, man. Uh, I, I guess, all right, this isn't nearly as awesome as that answer, but I, I, I think I would just say um, if kids, <laughs> this is kind of tongue in cheek, so I'm just going to preface it with that. <laughs> kids, become minimalists now before you have to in the future. <laughs> Ryan Nicodemus with the win. Plus, he got a bonus point for carrying me onto the stage tonight. <laughs> I got to apologize real quick to the other folks who wanted to ask questions. I, I'd love to stay here all night and talk to all of you, but I know eventually they would kick us out of here, and we need to move on to our added value portion of the show. This is where Ryan and I talk about what's been adding value to our lives recently. And let's do it with a local twist tonight. Ryan, what has 
has been adding value to your life in Madison, Wisconsin? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I am totally drawing a blank on the name of this restaurant I just ate at. Wait, oh, wow. why, don't you, why don't you tell your added value, and I'm going to look it up real quick. Deal. All right. There's a blue plate diner right across the street that I ate at for dinner. And they serve breakfast all day, which is always a win in my book. So um, for those of you at home who are traveling through Madison, Wisconsin, you can't go wrong with the uh, sweet potato frittata over at the Blue Blue Plate Diner. All right, I found it. Um, So there's this this, uh, restaurant like two doors down that serves uh, Lao food. So Josh ate a blue pay, plate, and I ate it. Uh, am I saying this right? Lao Lan Zhang restaurant. Okay, all right. I heard someone say, "Yeah, I'm going to go with that." Lao Lan Zhang. Lao Lan Zhang. No, was it, it authentic? was unbelievable. I had uh, I had the the like zucchini cur- or no, I'm sorry, the squash curry. Unbelievable. Oh they my know, goodness! What's so up? Good. Look at that. And you know what's funny is like I ordered I ordered chicken and I got back here and they gave me tofu and I was like, oh, dag on it! Like they kind of got my order wrong. I was not upset. <laughs> like, it was still freaking amazing. Uh, wow. So if you have any in there, like, it's, it's definitely good. I was in, I was in uh, Laos uh, a couple years ago when, uh, when I was, the school that I, I had mentioned earlier, uh, we, we built a school over in Laos, and the food, the food there, um, it was really, really good, but, like, they, they're, we're not in Laos, and, like, it's even better over there. So, <laughs> so check it out. All right, well, real quick, let's move on to right here, right now. So we get to talk about what's going on in the lives of the minimalists. Um, when I'm done bleeding, what Ryan and I are going to do is um, uh, we're, we're actually in the process right now of building a uh, podcasting and film studio. We're trying to do a lot more film stuff uh, with our podcast, just with our message in general. The, the documentary that we put out last year called Minimalism, it... Yeah, someone watched it. Um, ah, a few of you watched it. That's great. Um, it, it really resonated with a lot of people, and it showed people that minimalism wasn't a, a radical lifestyle. It was a practical lifestyle. We want to do more with video, but that costs a lot of money. So uh, we are in the middle of building that, that podcast and film studio. It's going to take uh, quite a bit of capital to do that. So we are looking for some support because we refuse to clutter the podcast with any advertisements whatsoever. And so if you'd like to support us, you can just go to theminimalists.com and click on a little donate button there. We're doing something called Patreon. So you can donate on a per episode basis. And that's going to help us build that. It's also going to help us pay Podcast Sean a full-time living wage for, for doing the podcast. And by the way, none of that money goes to me or Ryan. If there's any additional funds left over, oh, and we're going to hire a full-time a filmmaker as well with, with those funds. So if there's any money left over, it's going to go to charity. Speaking of charity, if you can't afford to make any kind of contribution to the podcast, totally understand that. If you'd still like to support us, you can uh, just go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review this month, which is May 2017. For everyone who leaves a review, we're going to donate $10 to a charity in your name. Now, we picked a special charity this month. Did y'all know that, that, man, out of everyone who's ever lived on planet Earth, 
Half of those people have died from malaria. And we'd like to help out a little bit with that. And so what we're doing is we're donating 10 bucks for every review we get this month, which helps spread our message. It gets it in front of more people, more ears, but it also allows us to do something cool with, with this charity as well. So we're going to donate $10 to the Against Malaria Foundation. They, um, they estimate it costs about $3,500 to, um, to, to save one life. So buy enough mosquito nets and, and treatments over the course of a lifetime to save one life. So if we get 350 reviews, which there's nearly twice that here tonight, you could save you know, about two lives if you were all willing to hop on and, and, and leave a review. And by the way, if the people at home left a review, we would save a lot more lives. So if you're willing to help out with that, just hop on, leave a quick 30, 60 second review. We would love five stars. But if you hate our guts because someone dragged you here and you're, they, you're like, uh, whatever, one star, idiots. That's okay. We'll still donate 10 bucks in your name. We're really having uh, a blast on the road. I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that, I'm not grateful this happened, but uh, for those of you listening, I'm pointing to my leg and the bandage that's on my leg right now and the goofy flip-flop and this, <clears throat> this pillow that I'm sure is, I'm catching something from. <laughs> um, but I'm actually grateful that, I mean, this could have been much worse. And I'll tell you this, if I hadn't, I lived a life of perpetual stress and anxiety and discontent uh, throughout my 20s, and I was ostensibly successful. But, but I, I would have not been able to handle this very well. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, there was a level of panic in me because I thought I was going to bleed out on the love's bathroom floor. <laughs> but I certainly couldn't have handled, handled that and handled the amount of pain that is, I mean, this throbbing that's going on right now is, is absurd if I hadn't simplified my life because dealing with that external clutter in my life has allowed me to deal with the internal clutter, the mental clutter, the emotional clutter, the, the spiritual clutter, the financial clutter, the stuff that's going on inside. And ultimately, I've become more aware of what's going on inside me so I can be aware of what's going on around me and realizing that this could have been so much worse. This will hopefully heal eventually and, um, and I'll be able to move on with my life. And um, I'm really grateful that you all decided to, to spend a few hours with, with us tonight. I know that it costs some money to get in here, and we're grateful that you're willing to, to give up that resource, but you gave up a couple of really important resources in addition to that. You gave up your time, you gave up your attention, and those are your two most precious resources. And so for the folks of you, uh, for, the, for those of you who are listening at home, if you're interested in, in giving up a little bit of your time and attention, um, you can go to lessisnow.com. We're going to 40 different cities all around, uh, all around the U.S. and Canada, and then maybe we'll go elsewhere next year as well, overseas. Um, we just announced the second leg of the tour as well. So if we're not coming to your city, we're coming to a city within a few hours' drive of, of you. We'd love to, uh, to see you out on the road. Before I close it up, I'd, I'd love to, uh, to thank a, a few people. Um, I already thank Jess and, and Sean, but what about this venue for accommodating us? What about the Barrymore Theater? Yeah, I'm just really grateful that awesome places like this are willing to, to let us sit on the stage and bleed all over their couch cushions. Um, 
But uh, um, I'm really grateful for um, what Ryan's about to do because this is this actually pains me a little bit. I um, afterward we hang out for you know hour or so. We take a 20 minute break and then we have an awesome hug line. We we sign books. We take photos and all that fun stuff. But I am in a just hideous amount of pain right now, and so. Um, Ryan is going to go out there solo. And, uh, and if you want me to sign Josh's name, I got his signature down. <laughs> That's our backup plan. Um, I've written several books for after I die. Um, they're just, it's going to be like Tupac. They're just going to keep coming, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, no, so, so Ryan will be out there, hugs, photos, all that fun stuff. And I owe you a hug for next time. So whether you come to the Milwaukee stop in, in, in December and we'll embrace in the snow then or, or next time we're in Madison, I'm really grateful you decided to be here. And if you leave here tonight with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people. Oh, by the way, hold on, hold on. My partner's here tonight and Rebecca is a, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And Rebecca is a badger. Yeah. What? Is that a W you're holding up? Nice. Yeah. They, they do the two hands. It's not, the, it's not this. No. <laughs> All right. I'm out of touch. Um, yeah, I met the love of my life a few years ago, and uh, she went to school here, lived here for five years, and uh, she doesn't speak more highly of any other place than Madison, Wisconsin. So thank you for being here. Thank you. I love you. All right, now if you leave here with one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for your time, y'all. Thanks so much, Madison. Hello, my name is Sheila Morris. I am calling you from Edinburgh in Scotland. I'm calling you regarding a gift idea. I have children in my in their 20s and this year for Christmas I gave them an annual travel insurance. I know you need to know the people well to be able to order this but they were so appreciative of a gift that lasts all year round and means that they do not need to think about it. It is there, and I will renew it next Christmas Eve in time for the policy on Christmas Day. Hey, this is Casey. Uh, I just had a minimalist guest tip or thought. I forget what you guys call it. Um, basically, basically with my phone, I just play a little game with myself. Let's say, so Monday night, I charge it up, wake up, Tuesday, it's 100%. So I can't charge my phone until it dies all the way or until obviously if it's you know let's say wednesday night and it's at five percent i can charge it because it's my alarm so i just thought that was a cool game if your phone dies on you at 9 a.m on a tuesday then that's on you and you got to go the rest of the day without your phone so i uh, just a thought maybe somebody like to try it out and uh have some fun with it i wanted to call in to share a recent revelation that I had, which has removed numerous roadblocks I've come up against on my quest for a more minimalist lifestyle, the public library. 
I hadn't been to the public library since about high school, and I can't believe I had forgotten all of the free resources available at my local library that previously I had been routinely and wastefully paying for. Movies and movie rentals, magazines and magazine subscriptions, books, many of which, if I decided to purchase and not rent, lingered around in my house collecting dust until I got around to minimizing them. Even the due date on the materials I get from the library now is helpful. It motivates me to complete the book or magazine in a timely manner, allowing me to fit in more information over time, which I enjoy since I tend to mosey through those items if I own them, and my interest often grows cold. I'm saving even by having a quiet, well-lighted location with plenty of space and outlets to do work, something I had actually been paying money for by working in places like Starbucks or Barnes & Noble, where I felt pressured to purchase a coffee or snack in exchange for the work location. I don't have those pressures at the library, which is good for my wallet and my health. In fact, I realized I was actually losing money by not using the library since the tax dollars that I necessarily pay were going towards the upkeep of the library, which I was not utilizing. I encourage, I encourage all of those who are looking for a more minimalist lifestyle but who don't want to sacrifice the luxury of indulging in printed or digital media and a pleasant workspace outside of the home to rediscover their public library and other free offerings in their community. Something that's simple and easy. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have You gotta reach for and you gotta grab Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it so tear your eyes away, or tear 